You ever wonder what it would sound like if Impressionist Rich Little was the subject of a podcast? Well, it might go a little something like this. Maybe the podcast would talk about Rich being uninvited from the Johnny Carson show to make more room for me, Jimmy Stewart. Or maybe it would talk about how, like me, Richard Nixon, he made a tape he was ashamed to have released. Or how he was my, Ronald Reagan's, favorite impressionist next, of course, to Claude Monet. Yes, the man who pretty much invented the celebrity impression, the polarizing Rich Little on this week's This Was a Thing. was a thing. Pretty much Atari, Deep Throat Roots and Ted Bundy, Hanoi Jane, Celebrity Bowling. That was a thing. Bobby Fischer, Blackouts, Benny Hill and Fallen, Danny and Marie, Rich Little and Billie Jean King. This was a Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we are looking at Impressionist Rich Little. Ooh. Not the visual impressionist. Oh. Sorry, Rich Little, who did some great work in France in the late 1800s. But verbal impressionist (laughs) Rich Little. Now, this was a thing because the art of impressions really started with Rich Little. Yes, a small few could do their teachers and relatives and bosses, and some could do major movie stars. But none of them turned it into a career like Rich Little. For over 60 years, Rich Little has impersonated over 100 different people, all using the same three voices. (laughs) Now, to be fair, in the 1970s, he did an excellent Johnny Carson, James Mason, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and Jimmy Stewart. And he is still going, and he now does an excellent Johnny Carson, James Mason, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and Jimmy Stewart. Impressionists are relatively new in the grand scheme of things because radio and movies are relatively new in the grand scheme of things. What helped in the 1940s and 1950s were that movie stars were very distinct personalities who just played themselves in every single movie. There was no attempt to hide that this is not Betty Davis, it's Betty Davis, who's Betty Davis, who's Betty Davis, right? Mm -hmm. And the method hadn't really taken off yet where actors wanted to disappear behind characters. That would be people like Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep. So it's easy to pick up on the things that make celebrities at this time idiosyncratic. For example, Jimmy Stewart's stuttering. Can you give me some Ray? That's great. Catherine Hepburn's Yankee head shake. I think that's a great idea. That's great. And James Mason's pinched vocals. Oh, James Mason, yes, I could do James Mason. Yes, I could do him very well. Gilbert Gottfried does a great James Mason, and he did it for Rich Little, and Rich Little was like, that's not good. (laughs) So, automatically, Rich Little is not in my, my favorite column for today. And so, because everybody knew these celebrities... Everyone kind of did them for friends at recess or like around the piano, but nobody ever did politicians. And this is really where impressionism is really going to start to rear its head. The pioneer of impressions, I will say, is a gentleman by the name of Vaughn Meter. 
Now, Vaughn Meter made his way into the public scene with 1962's The First Family, and it was a comedy album, and he did impressions of all the Kennedys. And his impressions of the Kennedys were really, really fantastic. You have to remember that even though we had had other presidents before, John Kennedy is one of the first presidents we're seeing on television all the time. We're hearing him on radio all the time. So his face and his voice is overly familiar with us. He's got that Bostonian accent. When you hear it, you know it. When you hear it, you know it. We don't remember Vaughn Meter because his career was actually very short-lived, much like John Kennedy's administration. We probably know Vaughn Meter from Lenny Bruce's opening line, the day Kennedy was killed. The day John Kennedy was killed, the great Lenny Bruce decided to still do his his comedy set. And so he got up on stage, and the audience obviously is very tense. He's very tense, and he just got on stage, and he, he took a moment, and he just, <laughs> first line of his comedy set was, boy, Vaughn Meter is fucked. <laughs> and Vaughn's career really was over at this point. So what if there was an impressionist who can do both celebrities and politicians? That's going to be Rich Little, of course. Oh, my God. So Rich Little grows up in Canada in the 1940s, and he works as an usher at a movie theater where he starts to hone his impressions. Here's a little bit from Rich Little himself about how he got started. So I would go and, and say a Jimmy Stewart picture, and I'd, I'd come home from the movie, and I'd just act it all out for my folks. I'd do all the voices, and um, I found after a while people were fascinated with this, and uh, I thought, well, gosh, how can I make money doing this, you know? And when finally somebody did pay me for it, I thought, maybe I got something here. The physical- Pretty smart. I mean, he's, the, he's one of the first people to say, I'm going to take this little hobby that I have and make a living off of it. So he was just a weird kid. He's like an all idea. of us. Yeah. He's a weird kid with an idea. If he was around now, he'd be like, let me start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube, baby. Then Rich Little has a comedy team, and he and his partner in the comedy team, they do Canadian politicians because Rich is from Canada, eh? And as time goes on, he begins to win talent shows. They put him on television in Canada. He's a disc jockey in Canada. And finally, he starts to produce a few albums of himself doing impressions, and that starts to get attention. He begins appearances over in the U.S. because he meets... Yes, the one and only Velvet Fog, Mel Torme. Mel Torme. And Mel Torme is the music director on the Judy Garland show. And Rich Little does his impression of James Mason, who was in A Star is Born with Judy Garland, and is like, oh my God, you're so good. You have to come. You have to do that for Judy so she can hear it. She hears Rich Little do, do impressions and is like, oh my God, you're fantastic. And she brings Rich Little onto her TV show in the United States in 1964. It's and Judy responsible. This is all Judy's fault. And Judy is the one who introduces Rich Little to the American audiences. You know, you know, the night, you see, the night is bitter. And the stores... You see, the stores have lost their glitter. And the winds grow colder, and then suddenly you're 40. <laughs> George Burns, please. George Burns. And all because of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, man that, uh, that got away. No more is eager call. The, uh, the uh, writing's on the wall. The dreams you dreamed have all gone astray. <laughs> So soon he's appearing on every like TV and variety show, and he's killing it. He does Jimmy Stewart. He does Ed Sullivan. He does Jack Benny. And remember, like I said, folks, once again, impressionists were a new thing, so everyone wants to capitalize on this phenomenon. 
Now, Rich Little has a couple of friends, they, and their names are Pyatt and Aylesworth, which sounds like a beer. That's the worst comedy name, <laughs> team name in the world. Please welcome to the stage, Pyatt and Aylesworth. <laughs> They're writers, uh, they have really good connections, and they put him on tons of different variety programs, which were huge at the time, like the Julie Andrews variety show. So Julie Andrews would come out, she would host a show, she'd sing, she'd dance. I'm going to do a sketch now. So it was a chance to put all these different like celebrities on the show to be with her. Now, once again, folks, I, 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 I oh God, this is so hard for me. I give Rich Little a lot of credit because, like I said, he is the first, and the people that he does do brilliantly, he just does brilliantly. But that doesn't stop him from attempting people that he are just not in his wheelhouse that don't sound anything like the people he's impersonating. At least Rich Little does not do the things that I hate that impressionists do. There are two things I hate when an impressionist does. Is one when an impressionist is a really bad impression and the audience is entirely confused and then they have to throw in like a tagline of that celebrity so people understand who they're trying to do. Come here, pilgrim. John Wayne. Yeah, very good. That's John Wayne. We got cowboy fans in the house. You only do like one line and that's <laughs> it. Or my other one, oh boy, do I hate this, is like, have you ever thought what it would be like if Don Knotts, <laughs> is that yours? Yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Now, have you ever imagined what Don Knotts and Clint Eastwood in a standoff would be like? It'd be a little something like this it would go something like this that to me i'm like this is gonna be a problem because <laughs> they're gonna do 40 horrible impressions and then they're gonna save the one that they can do to the end and now i've got to sit through the worst 39 impressions to get to the 40th let's be honest ladies and gentlemen jack benny had to make a bed and if he did it went a little something like this we just make the fucking bed already rich <laughs> You're not on stage, Rich. There's two places where Rich Little really thrives and is 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 well known, and one of them is the Dean Martin Variety Roasts, and the other is the Johnny Carson Show. Now, the Dean Martin Variety Roasts, friends, if you are of Ray and I's age group, you probably remember the Dean Martin Variety Roasts as that infomercial that would play endlessly and consistently. It was always a group of very famous celebrities on a dais wearing tuxedos and evening gowns honoring a celebrity of the time and everyone coming out to roast them. So on these Dean Martin variety roasts, they were actually made in the 1970s, but they got uh, repurposed for VHS and DVD consumption in the 2000s, where that's where my generation fell in love with it. And he does. This is where he can shine, and he can not only do the impressions, he can do them to the celebrity's face. So here is uh, Rich Little teaching Jimmy Stewart how to be Jimmy Stewart. Now, uh, would you stand up for a minute, Jim? Let, let me give you a, let me give you a, a few pointers here. Now, now the first thing you got to do is is put your hand out like like this and just sort of kind of shake it like that. that that's that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> now I want you to kind of look through the tops of your eyes and give it that. No, no, kind of squint them a little bit and bend over just a bit there. That's that. Now, Wait, that wasn't Jimmy Stewart? No, that was Rich Little. What? Right? Oh my God, he sounds just like him. This is Rich Little doing Jack Benny to Jack Benny. Hello, folks. <laughs> this is Jack Benny in New York City with his 1,423rd farewell newscast. <laughs> Jack Benny, by the way, does not look amused in this clip. <laughs> just so we're aware. Here he is doing the great George Burns. And this is George Burns in Washington. 
See, George Burns sounds a lot like Jimmy. Go ahead, Jack. I think you go first tonight. I went first last night and he almost killed me. He would have, but it meant plane fare back to Washington. Now cut that out! George Burns seems to be enjoying that, but maybe George Burns is just happy to be out of the house. Yeah, George Burns is like, as long as I got a cigar. And like I said, his Sullivan, his Stewart, they're all great. But he's really able to make a career on two people. One of them is a really good impression of Richard Nixon. Here's his Richard Nixon. Hello. Do you know me? I ran for the governorship of California, lost, and then somehow ended up becoming president of the United States. Now I'm living in seclusion as a beach bum in San Clemente. And the one that he does, which is really phenomenal, is he did Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson, who hosted The Tonight Show for a number, a number of years. He is the gold standard of talk show hosting. After Rosie. Right after Rosie. <laughs> and Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. You ever see Fran Drescher's t- talk show? I don't she remember had? that. Oh, it was awkward. It was awkward. I That's just remember okay. Rosie threw out koosh balls. <laughs> so he can do, sorry, Rich Little can do Johnny Carson, and he does a great Johnny Carson. In fact, he even looks like Johnny Carson. And later on, remember the movie The Late Shift, where it was about oh, Letterman that's and Leno? Right, he did play Johnny Carson. Yeah, so he actually played Johnny Carson in this movie in a dramatic role. But here's Rich Little doing Johnny Carson to Johnny Carson, and Johnny Carson is laughing and having a good time, which goes to show how great of an actor Johnny Carson really was. It was, it was so windy. It was so windy. And Calif- now don't 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 rush the bit here. Uh, it was so windy in California today. It w- are you ready for this? Are you ready for this 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 biggie? It was no. It was so windy. It was so windy while Doc was helping Tommy Newsom chase his kite. He lost all the feathers off his raincoat. So, like I said, everyone pretty much is in love with Rich Little at this time. Audiences, not the people that are pretty. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of breaks from people, I think, that are he's impersonating. The other issue with Rich Little that I can't figure out is he comes off to me as incredibly arrogant. This sense of, yeah, I can do anybody's voice, and this is what you sound like, and I know that I'm good. That's the energy he's giving off. Now, maybe Mr. Little is not like that in private, and maybe he works very, very hard and thinks there's a lot of improvement for him to to accomplish. But the energy he gives off is uh, BDE. That's uh, Big Dick Energy. Hell yeah. In the 70s, he's everywhere. Every TV show, every award show, every variety show. He performed all over the U.S. He was a staple in Vegas, Atlantic City. City, Lake Tahoe. He was awarded the Comedian of the Year in 1974. Oh, wow. Then they put him on a show, his own show, called Copycats, which was an impressionist show where he and other impressionists would actually wear full costumes and play celebrities. It was him, Frank Gorshin, who played the Riddler, Marilyn Michaels, who's still alive, and Fred Travelina. Fred Travelina, who honestly, sorry, folks, Fred Travelina's Nixon is the best Nixon, hands down. So finally, he's so popular that NBC decides to give Rich Little his own show 
1976, and it is called The Rich Little Show. And here's a review from the LA Times. The Rich Little Show has little to recommend it. Written by half the writers in the Western Hemisphere. (laughs) His impressions are funny, but they don't seem to come off too well tonight. But Rich Little, as Rich Little, is a bore. A large, awkward bore. And every single review seems to say the same thing as, Rich Little's really good, but he was just off tonight. That seems to be the big review that comes out of the Rich Little show, and it gets canceled pretty fast. Then at the end of the 70s, they put Rich Little on a lot of television specials, like A Christmas Carol, where it's now going to be a live-action Christmas Carol, where he will play all of the different characters, but each of the characters will be a different celebrity impression he can do. So, for example, he does Bob Cratchit, and he does Bob Cratchit as Paul Lind. Cratchit! What are you doing, jumping up and down like that? Are you loaded? You're supposed to be working. Good heavens, man, you're in worse shape than I am. I'm doing a new dance. It's called freezing and shivering. Staying alive, staying alive. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Pauline, does it? No. It does not. Uh, And Paul Lind hated it. And then uh, he does a Robin Hood, where it's sort of the same thing, where it's the story of Robin Hood and every single character is a different impression that he can do. And the reviews on this one and the Christmas Carol all say the same thing. Well, Rich Little was kind of off tonight. Not all the impressions landed. So here's my question. When was he on? Every fucking review says the same thing. Or they all, they all not every review, but every single show that he does, there's always a bunch of reviews that come out and go, well, he's better than this, but tonight he didn't seem to have it. So when the fuck did the guy have it? This is blowing my mind that I've never known about this fucking Rich Little Christmas And the Robin Carol. Hood, they're all on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, but especially, I love Christmas Carol. Like, it's just like, I love that story around Christmas time. It's just something about it. And I just love all the different takes on it. And I just cannot believe i had no idea about this oh my god he's so happy i have to watch so happy and the big complaint though that seems to carry through all the reviews is yeah he does impressions of some people really really well but the material is just not good i could not imagine the lines are not funny when you're an impressionist mannerisms are such uh, are almost as important as the lines you say but when you don't have good lines that don't work like i don't know it just does it it, i'm i cannot wait to watch this here's the thing that i that i struggle with which is when it comes to impressions now that we know you can do the voice now what right Mm -hmm. so you can go got it you can do jimmy stewart now what are we gonna? Now what happens? What if I what if I talk Jimmy Stewart? How did Joe? Okay, okay, we can go from there. That's kind of funny. But what happens when Jimmy Stewart's not on stage with you? Now what do we do? Well, who else is on stage? With Rich, me? talk to me in your real voice. Uh, oh, oh, no. Now what if I was having a pitch meeting with the people from NBC, <laughs> and they were telling me that my show was canceled? And running NBC was Hervé Villachez. It might go something <laughs> like this. You fire both. That was Hervé Villachez. Now, <laughs> what if I couldn't afford to pay my bills because my special was canceled and Ronald Reagan was my bill collector? It might go something like this. Well, you have to turn the car back over to me now. Thank you. That was Ronald Reagan. Now, in the 1980s, uh, R- Republican Rich Little hits a gold mine. 
he can do a really good Ronald Reagan. And Reagan is now the new president, and Reagan has an incredible sense of humor, and he loves Rich Little, because Reagan was on a lot of those Dean Martin roasts. Oh, yeah. And so Reagan loves Rich Little. So he's like, yeah, go do me. It's funny. And I will say, out of all of his impressions, to me, Rich Little's Reagan, I think it's really fantastic. And it's the only impression I think that gets better with time, because as Rich Little got older, his voice kind of sunk. So here's him doing Ronald Reagan in the uh, 1980s. Well... There he goes again. Before I, before I start speaking tonight, I, I would like to say something. So, really great. And then this is him doing Ronald Reagan now on the, uh, the Mike Huckabee show. You know, if, if, if Ronald Reagan was alive today and he was doing that famous Berlin speech, he would probably say, Miss Pelosi, build that wall. <laughs> He also dubs an ailing or deceased David Niven, Jimmy Cagney, or Gene Kelly. Actually, they, they guys did movies. They either died, they got sick, and they needed people to come in and loop, and they brought Rich that's Little crazy. in. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, he appeared on Johnny Carson quite often, and like I said, that's that was really a lot of his bread and butter was the fact that he could do an amazing Johnny Carson. You have to remember, Johnny Carson was in everyone's bedrooms at 1130 at night, just never his own wife. Oh, Wow. Uh, that was a little bit of a low blow. And Johnny Carson just in 1982 just stops having Rich Little on the show. I had no idea that it stopped. Like like cold turkey. And Little's like, I don't know what I did to offend him. And he had been doing the impression of Johnny Carson for years. He had been doing it on the Johnny Carson show for years. He even guest hosted for Johnny Carson when Johnny Carson would go out. Wow. So nobody really knows what happened. And in August of 82, he was never asked back. And in his autobiography, because Rich Little has an autobiography, he says it's because that he thinks he finally just really got under the thin skin of Johnny Carson. And Harry Bushkin, who was Johnny Carson's lawyer, was like, yep, that's, that's exactly right. They're like, Carson just hated you and hated your impression of him, and just finally snapped. Yeah, and I've heard that he was not a very thick-skinned no, man, that Johnny not. Carson. he was not. And when they went to Carson's producers, and they're like, in the 80s, they're like, why don't you have Rich Little on anymore? The producers were like, hey, listen, he just doesn't do anybody new. I mean, shade, but realness. But they were like, how many times can we hear Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. How many times can we hear Bob Hope? He just doesn't do anyone new. And that's going to be the thing that sort of actually causes Rich Little, besides the bad material, to sort of fade from the public view. Now, this is really interesting. This is Johnny Carson talking on his talk show to Martin Short about impressions. And in a very unguarded moment, Johnny Carson lets his feelings about Rich Little slip through. Rich Little does you and it's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know that it's particularly good or not. If the Carson snub wasn't bad enough, Little has some pretty tough competition now. Weekly competition. Because SNL emerges and SCTV emerges, and those those comedians are one fantastic impressionists, and they can act. They can act. They have brilliant writers behind them, and they have the luxury of getting into costumes and hair and makeup that makes them look even more like the people they're impersonating. And it it's a it's a contrast between like that little paints in these very broad strokes 
of of a person. Okay, Jimmy Stewart stutters, I can do that. Paul Lynn head waggles, I can do that, right? But the people over at SNL and SCTV, you kind of have to think of them as like pointillist painters. They find little, little details about people and are able to actually create not an impression, but it's almost like you're in the room with these people. And one of the things that Rich Little said, even early on in the early 80s, which is, you know, why don't you do anybody new? Like, why don't you do Al Pacino or Robert De Niro or anyone like that? And and he says, you know, you can't impersonate those people. There's nothing there to impersonate. <laughs> but everyone else seems to have a Pacino. Yeah. Everyone else seems to have a Christopher Walken. Everyone else. I mean, even on SCTV, like fucking Catherine O'Hara does Meryl Streep. You know, like you're able to find a way in if you look hard enough. And I think maybe Little was just like, either they, those people don't interest me or there's just nothing there for me. But I think saying, well, there's nothing there to impersonate, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. But his audiences, they age with Rich Little and he doesn't really do anything to go after younger audiences, which is, that's his prerogative. But it's also showing, I think more than that, is just like, can somebody get Rich Little writers? Because if the material was funnier, I think he would be okay. Just a little writing. Hey, friends, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, could you do us a favor? After you listen to today's episode, open up your podcast app and leave us a review, please. The more reviews we get, the more people will discover us, and the more people that discover us, the less lost we'll feel. You're good, buddy. It's okay. Uh, look, nothing has ever been easier to do. Just go ahead and grab a pen real quick. It's okay. We'll wait. Don't worry. Okay, head on over to your podcast app, click those three dots in the lower right-hand corner, click Go to Show, scroll down till you see ratings and reviews, then leave us some stars and a comment or two so our parents know that it was worth all the tuition that they spent. And if you really love us, head on over to Patreon.com and send us some money, and in return, you will get access to merch, special episodes, bonus content, pictures of me shirtless. Okay, okay, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search This Was a Thing and help us out. But you know what? You've already helped us out today by listening to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. So Rich Little has to start finding new ways of evolving in the 1980s, and he's still playing Vegas and Tahoe and Atlantic City and all that stuff. But he comes out with a huge fad of the 1980s that I'm sure we're going to cover on this show at some point because it's one of the things I'm obsessed with. VCR games. VCR games. Now, remember what a VCR game was? Uh, Vaguely. So you would get a VHS cassette and you would use it to play the game you were playing at the moment. So you would play against the VHS tape. Got it. So there's not a lot of rewatchability on these. No, uh, replayability. no that's the issue. It's not like a video game where like it recycles through. Yeah. It's you're always going to have the same thing. Let me rewind it. Oh, shit. So Rich Little comes out with a game called uh, Impressions. And uh, on the Impressions game, it's Rich Little and three other contestants, Susan, Jim, and Jillian. And the set is this 1980s, like, nice family den set. Now, how do you play charades, Ray? How do you play charades? You put up your fingers, right? And then, Ray... If your team guesses it, who gets to go up next to do the impression, to do the, the charades? The other team. Yeah, not in this version. 
every charade is acted out by Rich Little. So Susan, Jim, and Jillian have the great honor of sitting on the sofa and saying what they think Rich Little is trying to act out. Hold it there, Pilgrim. Barker Brothers has more news than... Well, hell, this is as big as the sky. Pretty big, the sky. That's right, Duke. It's Rich Little Charades, a VCR version of one of America's most popular party games at reasonable prices. Rich Little's VCR Charades game, the fun new way to keep your friends guessing for hours. Look for it where fine games are sold. Okay, so... Everything is going along fine. But like I said, you know, SNL is competing with him. SCTV is competing with him. Then he gets into some trouble, Mr. Little. Like all conservative Republicans who believe in family values, he gets involved in a sex scandal. What? Rich Little's sex, sex scandal. There's things I don't think you'd ever think you'd ever say in your life. Rich Little, he's married to a woman. He cheats on her. And then he has a baby with another woman. He doesn't marry that woman. Then he takes up with a magician. <laughs> and the magician is named Melinda Sachs. And she leaves him. And sues him because she finds out that he allegedly recorded them having sex. Little says, uh, quote, if she's a magician, why doesn't she just make the whole thing disappear? I say, let's drop it and get on with our lives. But I don't think that's going to happen. Then he said her mother had the only copy of the sex tape and that no one would have known of the sex tape if Melinda hadn't gone to television to tell everybody. So I have so many questions about this. So first of all, why does her mother have a copy of the sex tape? She loves Rich Little. <laughs> she got tired of playing charades. And Melinda, I love that charades game. Is there any other tapes that Rich has? <laughs> but can you imagine him having sex with him and he does impressions in the video? Now, Melinda, if Jimmy Stewart was going to come on your face, <laughs> it might sound something like this. Uh, I'm gonna blow. That was Jimmy Stewart coming on your face, Melinda. Now let's imagine Richard Nixon asks you for fellatio. Come on and suck my cock. Suck <laughs> my cock. And then after he's done fucking her, thank you so much. Don't forget there'll be a nine o'clock fucking. <laughs> And foreplay will be performed by Shecky Green. Shecky Green, what a good reference. Okay, so Rich Little sort of fades out of the public view for, for quite some time. And then he appears again, Rich Little, God bless him, in 2007 at the White House Correspondence Dinner. Now, for those of you that are unaware, the White House Correspondence Dinner is an event that happens annually in which the president is there, every big person in Washington is there, and is there to celebrate the fact that we have freedom of press in this country. And the president will be lampooned, the president will get up, he will make jokes about himself. It's, it's a time for party unity. In 2006, I don't think they understood who Stephen Colbert was. And they had Stephen Colbert come and host the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And it was incredibly controversial because Stephen Colbert as you know, was a very political commentator and comedian and totally lashed into George Bush and the Iraq war. And you could tell that a line had been crossed. So they were like, we cannot have that again. And let's get somebody safe. Now, to me, safe would be like, I don't know, like bring Jay Leno in there. Oh, yeah. right. Daryl Hammond or Daryl Hammond. They decide we're going to go after Rich Little. 
And at the time, Rich Little, uh, according to his website at the time, <laughs> was performing at the Saboba Casino in San Jacinto, California. And then he was going to the North Iowa Community Auditorium. What a trek. And then the White House. <laughs> he was driving himself. And the review of Rich Little at the White House Correspondents' Dinner was just basically summed up by, uh, I believe, the New York Times or the Washington Post. I apologize. It said, uh, quote, one of the longest half hours in show business history. <laughs> he starts off with a contemporary reference, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a new one. Arnold Schwarzenegger, governor of California. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, when they meet me, they're, they're intimidated by me. They, they don't know what to call me. You know, should they call me Arnold? Should they call me Arnie? You know, Governor Schwarzenegger. Do you know what I prefer to be called? President Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's what I want. And what's so sad is I think he can tell that this is not going over very well. <laughs> but he has to do that half hour. And here's the thing we talked about this. You know, voices change as you get older. And you can't begrudge him that. You can't say that that's just, it's a fact of life. Your voice gets old. You change, your voice changes as you get older. Your voice changed, but you know it doesn't change? Your material? Your point of view. <laughs> <Your> point. <laughs> and that was the thing. He never changed his act. You know, he started by doing Johnny Carson. Then Carson retired, and he still did Johnny Carson. And then Carson died, and he kept doing Johnny Carson. And then everyone in the audience who knew who Johnny Carson was, they died, and he still kept doing Johnny Carson. I want him to start doing shows of like, but like doing young people like Jimmy Fallon. Like he just comes out and just does it. Rich Little as Jimmy Fallon. Rich Little as Nick Jonas. <laughs> like MTV goes to him, oh man, Rich, okay, we have an idea for you. We're going to put you on, but you just need to do new material. I can do that. Can you do Ed Sheeran? Oh, oh, oh Ed Sheeran. Sure, sure, sure. Um, hey, Wilbur. Wilbur. No, 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 Mr. Little. That's Mr. Ed. Oh, oh, Ed, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Hi, I'm former New York Mayor Ed Koch. <laughs> Ed Sheeran, right? How am I doing? How am I doing? <laughs> like we said before, you know, look at all the great impressionists that are working today that are able to manifest these people. And I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with him all just saying like, you know, listen, my audience, they know Jimmy Stewart. They're not going to know Christopher Walken. So that's why I do it. I just don't like that idea of like, oh, well, you just can't impersonate them. I don't know why that gets under my skin. He still works today, and he's always the comic relief on the Mike Huckabee show. And here he is on Mike Huckabee doing Joe Biden. You know, a lot of people are concerned about my mental ability. Let me tell you something, man. My short-time memory is perfect. My short-time memory is absolutely flawless. <laughs> and another thing, man, my short-time memory is good, too. <laughs> this is an audience that hates Joe Biden more than life itself, despises Joe Biden, and they're not laughing. They don't, even they don't think Rich Little is funny. He also does a Donald Trump. We are going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall, a wall. We're going to build a wall. Not a table, not a chair, not a window. We're going to build a wall. And Walmart is going to pay for the wall, or Walgreens or Mark Wahlberg. They're all going to pay for the wall. 
We're going to build a great wall. A wall. We're going to build a great wall. Like I said, he is still working today. And we're going to talk about the impact that Richel had on the future of comedy when we come back after these messages. And if you hear a commercial, it might sound something like this. This was a thing. This was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. Rich Little is back with an all-new music video tape. He's not just doing any old song and dance. He's doing the Macarena. I'm Rich Little, and to you I say, ole. Dale to Cuerpo Allegra, Pilgrim. Hey, Macarena. He's even brought a recently deceased former president back from the grave to get in on this fiesta. But don't you worry about my boyfriend. He's a boy whose name is G. Gordon Liddy. I don't want him. Couldn't stand him. He was no good, so I said... (laughs) And don't you worry. He even brought along another former commander-in-chief. Come and find me. My name is Macarena. Well, always at the party, con las chicas que so buenas. Come join me, dance with me, and all you fellows chant along with me. Just say no. And just in case you can't understand a lick of Spanish, Jimmy Stewart will be there to guide you along the way with his English translation. Give your body joy, Macarena. That your body is to give you joy and a good thing. Give your body joy, Macarena. Hey, Macarena. Senor Rich Little's Little Macarena, coming soon to a grocery store near you. Thank you. This was a sketch. So what is Rich Little's legacy in pop culture? Why was Rich Little a thing? Well, first of all, like I said, he created the role of impressionists. The fact that you could do this, make a living out of it, and then have your own show and a whole cottage career out of it, it's something that nobody had ever done before. Obviously, he was very respected by a bunch of people. And anyone who is an impressionist today, in some way, shape, or form, owes something to Rich Little. If there was no Rich Little, there would be no Frank Caliendo or Jay Farrow or Daryl Hammond or Melissa Villasenor or Kate McKinnon, right? Yeah, I just haven't even heard the name Frank Caliendo in so long. It's right? so funny, yeah, and he was great. Oh, he was marvelous, right? And I think it's also something that's really interesting, which is it brings in this big topic, which is, you know, you're an artist. Do you change with the times or do you say, nope, this is what I do and I will do this because this is what I feel comfortable doing because he didn't really add that many no i mean he added i think big politicians because everybody knew who those people were and he i mean he has if he's going to go in with reagan and nixon and it's any time after 1988 he's going to have to go in with whatever the president was at that time absolutely and how many people do you know that get on youtube and tiktok and instagram to do their impressions there's a lot of them can you do any impressions yeah who can you do well i think you know who my favorite impression to do is Robert. Oh, yeah. Ray does Nathan Lane. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'll say actors nowadays, they don't have anything to draw from. I was working on a Howard Stern a while back. <laughs> Gary, come in here. Hold, hold on. Beth is here with a cat. <laughs> You're getting better at your, your Stern. I used to be able to do the dad from Punky Brewster. Punky. No, Punky. 
I want to talk to you about why the shuttle exploded. You sound you sound more like Orson Welles. Yes. Yeah, see, there you go. You know what's so fun? I'm going to be honest with you, if I may. When I was a kid, I loved impressions, and I I was I I love people that do impressions. Like, and the nicher the impression, the more I want to be your friend. And I owned a VHS cassette called Rich Little. One's a crab that I used to get from Blockbuster. And I loved watching this. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be Rich Little when I grow up. And then I got older and I started watching and I'm like, oh, he doesn't really sound like some of these people. And uh, it was sad because, you know, you get older and gets demythified. But God bless him. He's still working today. He's still out there. 82 years old as of now. Good for him. And if you do an impression or you are a professional impressionist and make money out of it, you have someone to thank. And that person is Rich Little. Also, as much as we were making fun of the fact that he does people from 100 years ago, he really is a link to our past. He knew all those people. And even if you don't find the material funny or you don't even know if the impression is accurate or not, you have to respect him and his work just for the legacy and time that he has put in to making people laugh as various different individuals. So, Rich Little, he was a thing. <laughs> Go see him at the Tropicana. Hey, Ray, if Jimmy Stewart asked you to play a game, it might go something like this. Let's play a game. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. Mark Schroeder. I do like Rich Little a lot. I like impressions. I'm glad you I guys know. did this as an episode. Thank you, Rob. You and I have bonded over impressions. Yes. Uh, yes. It's sort of a point of pride with us. It is. He is important to me, to important to history, and important impressions in yes. general. I think he could have done a little bit more to stay relevant. That's the problem, <laughs> is he just, he aged... <laughs> not like a fine wine, like no. a, like an no. unfine wine, which is unfortunate. Like an opened grape juice. It's actually uh, the pull quote on his Tropicana <laughs> show. But if he just tried a little bit harder, I think we could have given Rich Little 15 more minutes of fame. So maybe today we're going to try in a little game called Rich Little Does Lil' Kim. <laughs> Hell yeah. I have some Lil' Kim hip-hop song lyrics here that I have sent Rob and Ray. And I have a list of impressions of how they're going to do it. And they're going to go back and forth, read these Lil' Kim lyrics as these celebrities. We don't have to sing, because I don't know you any don't of these songs. You don't have to sing, no. Rob, why don't you take this first one? Why don't you do this one as Richard Kind? Rather count a billion while you eat my pussy. Push me to the limit, get my feelings in it. Get, get me open while I'm coming down your throat. <laughs> I know George Clooney. <laughs> He's a good man, Larry. Ray, I know you know how many licks, but my question is, does Paul Lind know how many licks? I think he does. <laughs> oh, no. Designer pussy. My shit comes in flavors. High class taste fellas got to spend paper. Lick it right for the first time, and you got to do it over. Like it's rehearsal for a Tootsie commercial. What do you think, Rob? I thought that was Paul Lind. I thought Paul Lind was back from the dead and came right back here. Paul Lind tripped over his lyrics a lot. Rob, why don't you give uh, this next one a try as old Lucille Ball. Give me all the rhythm and blues singers. Hand rock the shots of liquor. It makes me come quicker. Rub between your belly like jelly. Ah, Kelly. You think you ballin', but your body's callin'. Oh, Viv, I love the Gershwins. Uh, I know Rob's got one of these, but Ray, you got a Max, right? <laughs> you got a Max, right? You got the an dad Alf? Dad from Alf. Ma Ma Max, dad right? from Alf. When it come to sex, don't 
test my skills, because my head game have you head over heels, give a player the chills, and have him pay my bills by matching Lambos with the same color wills. Rob, uh, I think Columbo's in the house for this next one here. Could he come right over fast and, and fuck my pretty ass? <laughs> I'll pash play, the dick was trash. If sex were record sales, you would be double glass. The only way you see in me is you eating me. Downtown tastes my love like horse brown. Just one more question, ma'am. What did horse... I've never had horse brown before. What did horse brown taste like? Mrs. is trying to make horse brown, and she's... Anyway, you're the murderer. Oh, shit, he knows I did it. Next week on Columbo. <laughs> Next week on Columbo. Columbo goes into the R&B world. <laughs> you know, I ne- I've, ne- I've never dropped a beat before. I met Barry Gordy one time. He's a good man. <laughs> Barry Gordy's a nice man. He's a real good guy. Oh, He's you a good got a, man. Everybody here's got a good Peter Falk. Ray, why don't you take this last one? Why don't you hit me with a Catherine Hepburn at Big Mama Thang? Bahamas at the spring, baby. It's the Big Mama Thang. Can't tell by the diamonds in my rings. That's how many times I want to come. Twenty-one. And another one, and another one, and another one. Mark, who do you do? Oh, let's see. I, I try a Sean Connery from now and again. I, I do think, an Alan Rickman. Oh, Ooh, Alan you know, Rickman. I would love to actually hear first mm-hmm. uh, Alan Rickman on Get Money. Brother Count a Million, where you eat my pussy, push me to the limit, get my feelings in it. That was great. Thank you. Can I hear Sean Connery on how many licks? Yeah, absolutely. Designer pushy. My shit coming flavors. High class taste. Fellas got your spin paper. That was great. Who else do you do? I think I might have a uh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson? Oh, yeah. Bahamas in the spring. Wow. Baby, it's a big mama thing. Don't tell by the diamonds in my rings. That's how many times I want to come. 21. And another one. And another one. Wow. That was good. Pretty That's good. a good Owen Wilson. Ray, I'm going to give you one, all right? And I want you to guess if you can see who I'm doing. I'll pass play the dick was trash. Speaking of trash, the one thing I don't understand, the people that want to recycle. Where are they going? Former rabbi <laughs> Jackie Mason. Very good. Man. Very good. Well, Mark, thanks so much for walking down Impression Lane. I'm happy to have uh, led the tour. And once again, folks, like we've said, I am a fan of Mr. Little's performance. He is a trailblazer in this industry. He created the entire industry. But uh, he released a sex tape. And And if you have access to this sex tape, please let us know. Allegedly. 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 He has to be doing impressions during it. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to pull out and trickle down now. (laughs) Stay tuned for our three-man show. And once again, while Rich is going down on you, if you want, the Kino waitress will be walking around if you want to play Kino while you're getting fucked by Rich Little here at the Tropicana. This is the weirdest... Biggest show. Happy anniversary, honey. <laughs> it was a Groupon. <laughs> There's not a Cirque show we could go to. I've already lost $20,000. We're staying here, Cheryl. I was supposed to get free tickets to Zoomanity. <laughs> Zoomanity? You ever see Zoomanity? No. Is that the one with all the boobs? Yeah, it's a naked one, but I remember when I saw it, we were sitting behind this couple from like Indiana, and it was a family with kids, and I think they thought because Zoomanity was like animals, so the first thing is this naked woman comes out in a cocktail flute, and you heard everyone go, oh dear. Oh no. But folks, you should you should have taken the kids to see Rich Little. You should have taken the kids to see Rich Little. Family-friendly entertainment, If folks. you've seen Rich in person or have thoughts, or if you caught his uh, one-man show in New York where... 
he plays Richard Nixon and thinks Richard Nixon was framed for Watergate. Tell us what you thought. And if you've seen him in person, like not just performing, just walking down the street, tell us, us what know. you thought. He looks yeah. like a nice guy. All right, folks, till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut-Cut-Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better-Than-DC-Reesey, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing's-Too-Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 